Skin Taco Tuesday edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast. I am Danny Williams along with Danny Bailey. We're the Double Ds. We're live from My Life Sports Studios here in the Tech Center in uh, Greenwood Village. Uh, we're brought to you by Maverick Sports. We're brought to you by Total Beverage. Shout out those guys. Uh, a couple of little partners we got on our podcast. We'll shout them out later. But uh, thanks for being with us, Maverick Sports. Go check that website out. Um, you like it, then you should probably download that app. Uh, register takes no time at all. Deposit a few bucks in there, and then win some money and tell us about the money that that you won. Uh, we like Maverick. I put those parlays together. Danny Bailey does a little bit of that too. He's a little bit more precautious. He likes to actually um, not lose his money as fast as I I tend to do. Sometimes. Well, Danny, I'm poor, <laughs> so I don't have as much to throw around uh, as you do. That's funny. Okay, um, so. Where do the Broncos go from here? I'll tell you, man. Um, I just I had Nathaniel Hackett's back for a long time, and I thought that um, you know his some of his honesty with some of the mistakes was a little bit refreshing, and I just kind of at this point hearing him over the uh, post game presser yesterday as well. I just I think I've had enough. <laughs> I just I'm not buying what he's selling. The excuses are starting to kind of creep in a little bit. Um, he's the guy who says, "Well, I'm not making excuses, but here's you know three or four excuses. We're going to get healthy. We're going to get guys back. A click. It's going to click. Okay. Mm-hmm. If he says it's going to click one more fucking time, I'm going to lose my mind. Because <laughs> man, it's just not happening. And here's just here's the um, focus. And maybe, uh, to me, where we're going to go in this direction of the podcast today, it's quite simple. If they lose to the Raiders, this arguably the worst team in the NFL, uh, statistically the second worst team in the NFL, dysfunction, uh, terrible head coach, under uh, overrated talent that's even um, not playing up to the average standards a lot of people had for the Raiders, and your quarterback was crying post-game on mm. Sunday. Okay, I almost thought you were talking about the Broncos oh. there for a second well, with all, doubt, the, all the ways you described it. Well, all everything was the same, but it was just me crying at the end when it comes to well, the Broncos. I think that Russell Wilson, when he was on the up there at the podium post-game in his shoulder pads, holding on to the neck hole... Um, he seemed like he might have been fighting back some tears. Yeah, maybe. I think, man, he looks beat. He looks... Uh, yeah, he looks blood, defeated. He looks bloodshot after games, wins yeah. or losses. Some, guy, you know, some guys just kind of really wear it out there and kind of battle. And, uh, yeah, there was some of that. But, the, you know, the truth is, and we don't make, you know, the whole topic and conversation um, usually the firings of coaches we've been kind of well that might be radio fodder for everyone else around town to me in the history of the nfl only a handful of times ever have coaches been fired um into the first year of their their tenure urban meyer happened last year bobby petrino bailed on the falcons and went to arkansas uh, there's been some situations where guys didn't end up fulfilling the first year, but it wasn't. It was always because of uh, scandal, almost, sure. or choosing. You know, they're choosing to leave. It's never beca- been because 
the dis- low level of competency and disastrous play that the Broncos have put out there on the field. So there's just so many factors to me, Danny, that are playing into the firing of Nathaniel Hackett if the Broncos lose to the Raiders this weekend, which I think is a straight flip of a coin. That's just straight up flip of a coin. The Broncos don't have a fi- uh, 51 or, you know, like they always said, 52 or 51. He didn't know how old he was. They don't have a 52 or 51% chance of winning the game. It's 50-50 down the middle because the Raiders are so freaking desperate again at this point, desperate yeah. for it. Um, the emotion, you know, that they got, you know, flowing through them right now with, you know, he was saying, uh, Derek Carr was saying, well, I love Coach McDaniels and it's not on him and some guys aren't you know buying in and believing and you know putting it all leaving it all out there I just think the Raiders kind of have a lot after they put that all their business out there to play for now okay and just in the reality is this game is going to be close and neither team is probably going to get to 20 and the first one that does will win the game okay so if the Broncos lose the game here's some of the factors um he's an offensive head coach who's brought here to be, you know, um, to fix the offense. And not only are they the worst offense in the NFL, but in well, like net yards and yardage, like one of the worst teams in the NFL since the 60s. And that's like an era where they're barely, Yikes. like they, that's, they're just coming off of <laughs> wearing like catcher's mitts as helmets <laughs> With no bar across the face, and like the forward pass was barely invented. You know, that's coming off Otto Graham winning eight titles in 12 years with the Browns. And, you know, it's, you know, the 50s is like archaic, it's not even real football. The 60s is like when it all kind of started helmets, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, man, there's been some despicable, uh, there's been some despicable lows of lows when the Buccaneers were led by Steve Spurrier wearing creamsicle jerseys and the low points of the Jaguars, you know, uh, the real low points of what, you know, Patriots and Chargers football was at their lowest points, the Colts at their lowest points. Um, and you talked about the, re- the Browns. Oh, in man. more recent years, the Browns, the Browns are, are the star of disgrace. This, yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. They've never had one. And the Bears. They yep. had, they've had one Hall of Fame quarterback. It was Sid Luckman, who played in the 50s. I mean, it's like people are like, who? Sid Luckman? It sounds made up. Did he sing with Sinatra? Who is the guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's all these factors that are forcing the Broncos' hand and making it easy. If they lose, he's freaking fired. That night, Schefter drops it. If they win, it'd be just enough to where we just make it to the end of the season and we you know, don't blow it up. And it's not just one win or one loss. It's like the decision process that's being made up to this point. It's the George Payton being told by the Walt, Walt, uh, Walton Penner group to, you know, let's call around on some other coaches, send me a list of your 10 best candidates, you know, um, the, call the Saints on Sean Payton. That, that stuff's already happening. Like, the next coaching search is already underway, I believe. That's already kind of playing itself out here. So, Well, that's George Payton's job, right? It to is. plan for the future. Well, for and sure. So he's got to kind of have the and, the forest view out into the future. And while I He's got to be having those discussions. The Broncos is a franchise, and the owners have already decided we're firing this guy at the end of the year. Okay? okay. We are firing this guy at the end yeah. of the year. 
Yeah, that um, makes sense because he hasn't really done anything no, that no, no. would and make again, you want to give him a second I, year. I kept holding out. Well, they're going to break out. They're going to, you know, they're going to have a couple. Russell Wilson's going to have a three touchdown game where they get to 30 points. Not only has it not happened, they're not even freaking close. They're not even sniffing it. They're not close. So there's like the reality of the product that Hackett's put on the field. It's incompetence. It's the lowest level of, you know, play that's in the history of the franchise and now historically in the end history in the NFL. This offense has been that bad. Um, I don't know how much credit he gets for the defense because the defense was good last year. And this defensive coordinator is one of the hot commodities, Evero. You know, he's Absolutely. at the end of this podcast here. It all ends, you know, with him taking the team over for the rest of the the, the year. But um, Nathaniel Hackett's incompetence, the standard of who and what the Denver Broncos are historically, the new ownership factor. This he was, you know, he was here when they took the team over and bought the team. They didn't hire this guy. And the embarrassment factor. There's a big giant. They're laughing. The Broncos are laughing stocks of the NFL. And uh, while <laughs> the Walmarts might be not as prestigious and as clean and tidy and uh, as targets, they're still one of the biggest brands in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, um, man. I, I just can't see Nathaniel Hackett surviving after. And then, the, you know, that the factor of Nathaniel of um, Evero being on your staff, who a lot of people believe in, who I think will uh, 50-50 have a head coaching job next year, of like the six or seven openings that will come up, he'll be one of the ten best candidates. So he'll be like a 50-50 candidate. If he doesn't get a job this year, he'll get one next year. And then um, you have to give that guy an opportunity. Because he'd be a candidate on an open market if you fired the guy, Nathaniel Hackett. Anyways, he'd be like a real just candidate yeah. who's already in-house. So Outen and um, Hackett are both fired. Clint Kubiak is elevated. He calls the plays and is the offensive coordinator. You don't have to turn everything upside down. You kind of keep moving forward. And you will play the Panthers the following week. Not a bad, you know, team to get your feet wet against or get in there and see, hey, you know, it's we're not going to be out talented here. We just got to go find a way to motivate and coach these guys to win. And it's enough of a, you know, an opportunity to give Evero to see, hey, well, is it really different with this guy? How good is he? It's like getting a, a chance to, you know, a uh, trial run at a guy who you would be consider considered to be hiring Next year for the rest of this year. There's just too many signs pointing to Hackett has to go. And I said yesterday on the podcast to Bree that there was a 2.8% chance, you know, 1.9, 2.4. They fired him yesterday or sometime today. Okay? Well, they just made that decision. You move forward. I don't think now, today, one day later that that happens. But I think if they lose on Sunday night, he's not the coach on Monday morning. And that's it. The move forward. Tough. It's historic in nature in a firing of a guy so fresh into his tenure. It'll be tough. It's not a great look. It'd be embarrassing. Season's already embarrassing, though. You said it. It they're, is embarrassing. They're a laughing stock. So at least, at least if you made a change and elevated a guy like <clears throat> Evero, who everyone likes. There's, um, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I don't see a whole lot of benefit at this point in the season, but I can see how this the Raiders the benefit. how this Raiders game would be like uh, the breaking point. Our bag of hope fills somewhat back up with Evero. He's the guy who will fix us. It all starts over then. Yeah, but we're not going down anymore. But the problem is going up, the problem is up, with man. the offense. I understand. This but, is a great team that has a shit offense. Again, I know, and I know he's a defensive guy, but also when he's removed, Nathaniel Hackett, who's calling the plays, it doesn't matter who's calling the plays next. Everything will be different because every play will be different. Okay. The philosophy will be different. Literally everything will be different. Okay? It's not going to stay the same. It couldn't. I mean, it's all going to be different. And your offense is going to be called and theorized, led by a defensive-minded coach who is dominating this offense probably in practice every day. Who knows what this offense is capable of not, uh, you know? Nathaniel Hackett might not have really understand and realized what this offense is capable of not. And what he thought they were capable of wasn't working. So what they were attempting to do and practicing was bad stuff. Was not stuff that was going to make them better. Was the wrong stuff for the wrong players, for the wrong team, with the wrong scheme, with the wrong uh, talent, and all, the wrong formations, wrong players, all of it. it. Just nothing worked. So they have nothing to lose and everything to gain, and hope is powerful. If you don't have a winning record, the only the next best thing to having in the NFL is hope. Yeah, I mean that you know that's just, no, that's a fact. It, that's a, a fact. fact. Okay, so we're not big calling for coaches firing guys, and we're not going to talk about it every day, and we haven't. But hearing Nathaniel Hackett. Last couple times we've had a chance to hear from in front of the media. I've hated it. I don't believe it. I think the guy is what I'm feeling and seeing from him is a wounded animal. I um, blood in the water. He's starting to talk about big picture stuff. He's starting to talk about um, it turning and it clicking in the process and us staying together. They're, he's the only one. It's no one's buying it anymore. And I don't even know if he's buying it. You could tell the tone is different. Body language is going to be a real thing this weekend for these Broncos and these players. And I think that a great businessman and leader in George Payton, which I hope he is, and the Penn and, you know, Walter Penning group will see this guy is broken and he can't lead this team anymore. And this was a mistake and they move on. Feel bad. He'll get paid a lot of money. His family's set. Yeah, I mean, he'll, get, he'll go. He can go back to Green Bay. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. It's just it's, it's he's got to go. If Some, they lose, he's got. Yeah, go. sometimes you just aren't a head coach. That's fine. There's a lot of great coaches throughout this league who are great at their level, at their role, and aren't necessarily going to want to be head coaches or be successful head coaches for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, I like Nathaniel Hackett a lot. It's a shame it didn't work out because he seems like a great guy. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. Whether or not it happens during the season, this will be his only season as the Broncos head coach. Um, I just don't – I I understand that if you elevate Evero, you got seven games left, and you start to get him into – okay, what is it like to be a head coach? What is it like to manage the whole picture instead of just one side of it? It's really hard. It's It helps to get that experience, 
but is he is is making him do that and have to have some of his focus on this terrible offense is that going to turn him off maybe wanting to take on the job come next season is he going to be looking for an escape plan if he realizes how bad Denver really is or do you think that's not something that's going on in Dove Valley man it's so hard to because obviously we don't know what's going on behind closed doors in Peyton's office, in Hackett's office, when all the coaches are together. But it just seems like he's doing so well at his piece if you send him to to try to do the whole thing. And he's like, yeah, I could be a head coach, but there's no way I want to do it here in Denver because this this whole organization now, is know. too down for me to bring talking about Evero, right? Yeah. I think that um, he, he doesn't have it out for the... For Everyone's like, it's each guy's got his own business he's worried about. Sure. Firing Hackett has nothing to do with him. Hackett might have seemingly brought him on to be the coordinator. That's not always the case. Sometimes it's the general manager who will kind of go fine. I'll let you bring your offensive coordinator, your offensive staff, and I'm going to bring some of my defensive guys. I'm not sure how that all played out. And Evero, I think, would uh, welcome the opportunity to come in, step in, be the um, interim for the rest of the year. That's He knows you know, how valuable um, those reps will be and cutting his teeth and figuring out your plan for if you you are going to be head coach one day, which he looks destined to be exactly who, how you would do it, the way you would do it, the way you want to do it. He's got nothing to lose. It's house money. It'd be house money effect for him. And I think that's powerful. Uh, I think he could try to trick it up, try some things, do some things that if he's O and O or, you know, at the start of the season leading another team that he wouldn't otherwise do. I think that's exciting. Um, and I think uh, we had a caller, Terry, who calls from California, and then we'll wrap it up here with this. I like Terry. He calls afternoon drive sometimes too. Man, he's good. Good dude. Yeah, he is. He, um, he said that Evero, he equated Evero to being, um, and I'll go back, I'll paint the picture here. After Bill Cowher left Pittsburgh, they had won a Super Bowl or coming off winning a Super Bowl. The team was ripe. They got everything, you know, Willie Parker and the bus and Ruthless Boner and um, uh, it was Troy Palomalu and just like a great team. And everyone thought, well, you leave, you go with Tomlin, you got to you go with you, you lose Col- uh, Bill Cower. You have to go with almost like a Cower like guy or a guy with experience who's going to put a, you know, continue. Uh, you know, winning Steelers brand of football. He was the second coach they had in 50 years, you know. Yeah. Um, and Mike Tomlin, while he was the defense quarter on that staff, I just remember the hire. I remember like it was yesterday. People were like, they hired Mike Tomlin. People were like, who the fuck is Mike Tomlin? <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, Mike Tomlin staying in house? That ain't a great play. This team's ready to win Super Bowls. Yeah. And Mike Tomlin was the right guy already on the staff. A absolute leader of men. Mike Tomlin's turned into one of the great coaches in NFL history in his own right, a top 15, 20, 25, um, and led him to his own Super Bowl, which they won. And it was pretty funny when he tripped that player on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was awesome. <laughs> Love that kind of stuff. But um, they say Evero's got some of that kind okay. of makeup in him. Yeah, that's and high I praise. Love, well, not just the praise, but also the circumstances. Sure. The extenuating circumstances, you know, um, you might, while this guy didn't work, the guy who could work and the guy who, you know, was the better coach of the two might just be right under your nose, you know? Yeah. Like your mustache. 
Right um, under the nose, yeah. Yeah. That's so it is. that's it. That's what I think. Okay. That's well, my vibe. That's the feel. That's yeah. what it is. What would you Before say? we cut it off, let me uh, ask you one question. Because I feel that Russell Wilson is at least 50% responsible for Nathaniel Hackett losing his job if he loses his job. I think he's a third. A third? Okay. 33%. I can, I can see that. 33%. Russ, 33% Nathaniel Hackett, and 33% the players not being good enough. Mm. But you can't fire Russell Wilson, and you can't fire all the players. You can fire Nathaniel yeah. Hackett. And maybe it's – I just didn't want to let Russ maybe off the hook. it's 40-30-30. 40 to the coaching because the coaching, okay. you know – is putting the players in the positions to have success or not and calling all the plays. Sure. So if the p- plays aren't successful and the plays um, that you ran aren't good enough and the plays that you are calling and running, your players aren't good enough to execute them, well, that's all the coach. So actually I'd say Nathaniel Hackett is half wrong and responsible and the players are half responsible for everything else. And Russ is included in the players. Because the players were a little bit better, I think Russ will be a little bit better. Russ, we can't blame Russ for not being something that he's not anymore. It's who he is and what he is. So what's that mean? He needs more help. We could be disappointed he was uh, not he needs Peyton to throw or Tom open or, you know, didn't have a Matt Stafford, you know, coming to a new team like he did. But that's it. I think, uh, again, tomorrow's Wednesday. Yes, uh, sir. Today is Tuesday. It's a Taco Tuesday edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast. We'll try to gear up. It feels different now. It feels different. Like, I'm not going to try to worry about all the things the Raiders, problems they pose. We're just going to keep moving forward. Now it's weird. You go from inside the game to outside of it and more big picture. Yeah. Big picture theorizing and talking and um, draft stuff. It's less about, like, well, if they win the game, they'll be right back in the standings here. It's just too little too late what the AFC is, how it's shaping up. They're not in the NFC. Sorry. If you were, maybe you're win two and we could talk. I'm done talking about winning games that... I don't know. It's going to be hard to get in the NFC, too, with the whole yeah, NFC East so. getting the in. cream rises. You know, you know, it's bunched up through half of the season like it would be because there's still a whole second half of the season left. And I'm just done um, expecting the Broncos and picking the Broncos to win games. Now I'm just worried about um, the future. The future. That's it. So I don't know what that means. I'm going to leave it like that because that's open-ended. I don't know if that means my focus is on the draft in 2023. I'm not going to start talking about the draft guy yet. It's just kind of stuff. I mean, you can't, it's unavoidable. But to like weeks before the draft's out, that's when I'll start to try to know guys that I still won't matter if I knew them or not because – very few of them will make an impact, and it's a lot of college guys, so I don't know we're going to go to teams and not have success. And that's not I'm not a downer on the draft. I'm just trying to, like, take the draft for what it is. It is what it is, We're yeah. about my own draft business and not try to act in, like, I know, you know, the uh, top 15 offensive guards, top 15 offensive tackles, all that kind of stuff. I just want stars. I want players who can help the Broncos. Um, and that's it, man. You could beat the Raiders – and that'd be okay, I guess. Be, that's cool. <laughs> that's totally cool. Sweet. It is pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It is I like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm cool with that. But then, you know, I'm not going to go start being like, well, now if we beat the Panthers, look what happens here. <laughs> We're the 10 seed. And if, you know, 
uh, all that kind of stuff. So that's it. Well, uh, stink. That's okay. They do. That's what it is. It's the cold, tr- truthful reality great defense. of the whole thing. Defense, defense is, is very great. Yeah. Can't have it all. Shout out Jalen Virgil. He's a cool guy. He's a cool dude. Can't have it all in life. <laughs> no. That's like that Giannis, Giannis video. Have you seen that? No. What? He's like talking about all the things he can do and how he's tall and <laughs> handsome and has a great family and can play defense and rebound and dunk the ball. But like if he could shoot threes, he would have it all. So you can't, you can't have it all. You can't have it all. Uh, Maverick Sports, Maverick Sports app. Love those guys. Check those guys out, most definitely. Total Beverage, TotalBeverage.com. Uh, we'll deliver to you. It's TotalBev.com, actually. Um, they'll deliver uh, your, your drinks. You can go in there, those big superstores, save a ton of money, grab a cigar for me while you're there. Um, really cool um, spots. Those are really, really cool spots to go in there and shop. You feel like, again, um, a kid in an alcohol store. You know, a kid in a candy store? You feel like an adult <laughs> in a candy store or a kid in an alcohol store. And you get the point I'm yeah. trying to make. Um, uh, yeah, so go check those guys out. You know, well, give them your service and your business um, like we do. We appreciate those guys. Platte River Mortgage. Sean Sedita, man, uh, world-class act. Just saw our guy Josh Dover uh, on Twitter putting his mortgage company on blast because they won't reply to him. And he had to until you saw finally down in his like replies. Yeah. Hey, we're some. Um, we'd like to handle this. Um, tell us more. You know, finally after you put him on blast. Yep. Yeah. Um, Sean Sadita will answer the phones when you call. Not automated. Not going to get through layers of people. Not after he lands you. You're going to be working with his lackeys the whole time. Sean Sadita and Platte River Mortgage. That brand is the best. Um, second to none. Go check those guys out and let him earn your business. Total world class act is Sean Sadita, PlatteRiverMortgage.com. Um, that's it. That's the, pla- that's the um, Broncos Blitz podcast on a Taco Tuesday. I am Danny Williams along with Danny Bailey. D Bailey 5280 on Twitter is Danny Bailey. Find him. Um, does afternoon drive with Anillo and uh, Cody. Those dudes, man, he does all kinds of stuff around here. Helps make the Broncos Blitz podcast sound good. It's always been a big part of our show as well. Um, appreciate you, Big Cat. I appreciate you. Uh, we'll see you around. The, we'll try to get you in another couple times this week for Broncos Blitz podcast. Sneak you in here. I'm sure I will be. Yeah. Maybe get you Jimmy John's after or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Freaky fast, freaky good. I do like Jimmy John's. Me too. All right. What do you get there? <laughs> it depends on the, the day. Club. Depends on the day. Okay. You like just a roast beef or what? I turkey. usually don't just turkey do turkey tom for you. But I'll do a turkey tom. Okay, turkey tom. All right. <laughs> time to time. Uh, that's it. We appreciate you guys and we love you guys. Good night, Sheila. Good night, Sierra. <laughs>